Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from Pastor Paul Ogando. Amen and amen. So God has put a message in my heart, and it's coming from different things that are happening. Obviously, we're all going through this you know, year, kind of weird. But um, just to give you the title so you get an idea where we're going, which is Hope in the Promise Delayed. Hope in the Promise Delayed. And a lot of times there's something being promised to us that feels kind of like is never going to come, is never going to arrive, is never going to reach me, and therefore I lose heart in the process. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about this is so interesting. Um, my, I believe my oldest son told my wife, hey, can we do a family devotional through the little app? There's an app that you can do, the Bible app. And so I believe we did it in the beginning of this year when we were doing the fasting. And so he recommended, hey, how about for Christmas we do it again? So I looked up one of the um, one of the um, uh, Bible reading programs that we can do for the month. And I sent it to the whole family. And the first word that we studied this last week was hope. Now, for, you know, people like me who is kind of not just my job, my calling, what I do is study the Word. I have heard this word hope, and I've studied it many times. But this time around, a certain aspect of hope was highlighted that really touched me profoundly. And that's what I want to talk about because it helped me get out of a funk I found myself in spiritually and mentally. Are you with me? Um, And if you're at home, maybe you're there too. But uh, it's so important that we look at it because what happens is, Hope is always being put in an aspect of positivity. And what a lot of times happens is we think that everything has to be positive while we hope. Are you with me? And there's a process. And as a matter of fact, Proverbs 13, 12 is a very famous verse that says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, and we all know that when you are hoping for something and it doesn't happen for that job and they don't call you back for that healing and nothing manifests for that relationship and things go sour for that changing your finances and things keep, just like Pastor Antonio said, things keep breaking. You're like, what in the world is going on? That hope keeps getting delayed and so it makes you sick, makes you frustrated. But then it gives you a certain, certain aspect of this. And the verse says, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. When the desires manifest, something happens in you that is absolutely of abundant life. And that expression is so important because the tree of life is the one tree that the Lord reserved from Adam and Eve because it says if they partake, they will live forever. And then it's mentioning in the book of Revelation, it's saying this thing is so wonderful when it's manifest. You feel alive. You feel eternal. You feel different. And so hope is so important. Hope in the heart of people is the one thing that's crucial in this day and age. But today, in this year, we feel hope is being sucked out of us. We feel every time we think something's going to get better, hey, we went on lockdown in March. We all thought, hey, man, by Easter, this is over. Easter came and went. By the summer, this thing is over because the heat heat came and went. And now we're back in winter and things are getting, and there's there's not an end to this thing. And so hope keeps giving, like, hey, it's going to end. We're going to go back to a normal. And then there's a phrase people keep saying, the new normal, which I refuse and reject that phrase. Because when I look at the word of God, there's something that says, I have a hope that is different. And when we study the word hope, it was so interesting. There's three words, two in the Hebrew, one in the Greek. We're not going to go to those words, but those words are so crucial. Let me just give you an idea. Hope, hope is this. Hope is waiting in expectation. Hope is waiting in expectation. You, you are waiting, expecting something. Christmas is one of those seasons of hope. 
And many times, many, maybe somebody feels, well, Pastor, this Christmas doesn't feel like hope. But I know what that feels like. You know what that feels like. You are hoping you're going to get that uh, certain gift, right? There's young people here. You're hoping to get that PS5 or that, that latest thing. Actually, not use young people. There's some grown husbands over here waiting for their PS5. Um, and so, right, so you have this desire that this thing is going to manifest. And so you hope there's an expectation in you. Here's, here's another one. Being certain of a good outcome regardless of the current situation. Being certain of a good outcome regardless of the current situation. That's hope. Hope is not just positive thinking. Hope is saying, I don't, I, this is bad right now, but I understand that there's something better on the other side of this process because there is a promise made to me by my creator. And that, my friends, is hope. Even though it's delayed, it is coming your way because there's an expectation, expectation in all of us happening right now. Are you with me tonight? And it's so crucial. One of the words that was used um, in the Hebrew, it's a word that's more related to a, a, um, a rope being put in a stretch. And so that word was so interesting. If you're a musician, if you've ever done this, um, but if you've ever tuned a guitar, seen somebody tune a guitar, there is a tension on the string. On the, on the string. And anybody who's done this will relate with me, right? And so when you put a new string, you start hearing this sound. And everybody who's ever tuned a guitar, you get your face like, this is either going to snap and slash me in half, or I'm going to get just some beautiful sound out of it. Right? And so you're tuning, you're putting a tension in the string. But here's how interesting. You cannot get good sound unless there's tension on the string. You cannot get good sound unless there's tension on the string. And hope is exactly like that. There'll be tension in your life, but there's an expectation that something good is going to happen even through the tension. And that word is so amazing because that tension, when it's released, when there's something good coming out of it, God is creating something in each one of us. And one of the things that created this hope, this expectation, is found in Isaiah chapter 9. And Isaiah chapter 9 is a verse that we all know and we're familiar with. This was the hope given to the children of Israel about their Messiah. And so here's Isaiah prophesying these things. But at the same time that Isaiah is saying, hey, guys, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to send a deliverer. Jesus, through Isaiah, also says, but there is problems coming your way. There's judgment coming your way. And so in the book of Isaiah, there's this tension of God saying, I want to do great things for you. But you're going to have to go through some tough times in your life. Isaiah chapter 9 says this, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name, we talked about the name, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's his name. That's his name. Verse 7, And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Can you imagine that promise is being made? Upon the throne of David, which they understood that reference and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. And then it says, for that time forward, even forever. From that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So, so here's a promise saying, there's going to be somebody with a majestic name doing something amazing. I, the Lord Jehovah, I will make sure that happens. But from Isaiah chapter 9 to the birth of Jesus... There is 700 years. 
700 years went by from when God said, I'm going to reveal something so wonderful to you. 700 years. Do you think the children of Israel lost hope? They did. They were overtaken by the Babylonians. They were slaves once again. They returned to Jerusalem all destroyed to have to rebuild. They went through some hard times. There was tension between here comes the counselor, here comes the prince of peace, to the manifestation of Jesus as we see in his birth. And in this time of Christmas, if you want to enjoy Christmas, know this. There'll be tension from the hope he gives you to the manifestation, but you got to still hold on to hope because he is the one promising what he's going to do in our life. He is the one working this through. And it's so crucial for us to know that. And I want, I want to give you three aspects of hope, three aspects of hope um, about this time of Christmas that I want you to have in your heart. And it all began for me. I was working this message, and I've forgotten about this. But um, Pastor Dan and the team and even Pastor Jessica, they, they land on this word. that It's not like on the staff we decided this is going to be the theme. But I believe God spoke to them. This thing is being manifested and I came to work about a month and a half ago, so did you, or drove here, and this billboard showed up, and it says, Jesus equals hope. Merry Christmas. And, you know, it didn't dawn on me until I was preparing this message, and then I have the cup that they gave out at GNI, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. God is up to something. Jesus equals hope. Here's the first thing you got to know. Hope is a person. Hope is a person, and that person is Jesus. No one else is hope incarnated. If you're going to give him a praise, give him a praise, because it's to him that you're doing it, not for me. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And unless we get that, it, we're going to miss out on what's happening, not just in our own life, but in this time of Christmas and, and, and everything we're celebrating. We're literally celebrating hope. And it may not feel that way. It may feel, Pastor, there's threats of uh, looming threats over my health, looming threats over my employment, looming. All these situations are coming at you. I want to let you know you got to have hope even when the promise is delayed. Because the promise is made by a person and his name is Jesus. And he keeps his word at every level and in every area. This is so crucial. I'm telling you, this is something I'm living and having to remind myself. And... um, because so many things we're dealing in our own personal lives that are so crucial. I'm, I'm having to go to this word lately like, Lord, my hope is in you. The trouble doesn't change because my hope is Jesus. He is the hope. I, I read a story that blew me away and I want to just share a little bit about it. Um, this happened during the time where uh, Russia was still the USSR. And so there were a communist conglomerate nations back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and the Cold War and all that. Um, you probably don't remember, but this is George Bush's father, not W, but the other. So, and George Bush, the vice president of Ronald Reagan, he, was, he went to the funeral of a general. Um, and this general, let me see if I get his name correctly, um, from Soviet Union. His name is Leonid Brezhnev. And so this man was a very important man. He was probably the second most important person in this regime other than, than Marxists and all that teaching that and Lenin and all those guys. So this guy was super important to maintaining that idea. And if you didn't know the ideology or the communist ideology, there's nothing more important. No God greater than the Communist Party. That is part of the idea. And so this guy dies, and a lot of people, because he was an important dignitary, went to his funeral. Ronald Reagan sent... Um, Vice President George Bush at the time, and he went to the funeral to speak. He tells a story that while he's speaking, the wife 
of this general is standing by his casket, which is a no-no. Because she has to be submissive. She has to be put away. She stood the whole time that President, the Vice President Bush was speaking. And she stood right next to his body the whole time. And then it came the time to close the casket. Listen, close the casket. And in front of everybody, before the army, before the soldiers closed the casket, she reached in and did the symbol of the cross on the body of her husband. That was probably one of the most defining things she could have done. And here's what she was saying. Even though we preach there is no God, I hope there's a God to care for the soul of my husband. That, my friends, is profound hope in a person. And that person is Jesus. There was no Bibles. There was no churches. There was no teaching. But somehow that lady knew there's something beyond this thing that we see today. When our hope is in Jesus... There's something beyond what you're seeing today in your own life, in your own problems, in your own situation. And I'm telling you, hold on to hope because hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And the psalmist writes about this in Psalm 130. And Psalm 130 um, uses these two words. And one of the words for hope, which we'll describe a little later, is wait. And here's what Psalms 130, um, 5 through 7 in the NIV version says this. I wait for the Lord. Can you say Wait. Can you write it? Write it. If you're watching from write it, wait. I wait for the Lord. See, they're waiting not for the paycheck. They're waiting not for the stimulus. They're not waiting for this vaccine. They're waiting for the Lord, for the Lord. I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but we have to refocus where we put our hope. And he says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. He's saying he's involved in it. his thinking, his body posture. I'm, my whole being waits. And in his word, I put my what? My hope. In his word, I put my hope. Not in the word of a politician. Not in the word of a doctor. Not in the word of a boss. Not in the word of a loved one. In his word, I put my hope. In his word. In his word. My friends, we have to go back to that. And I believe this time is challenging everyone, including all of us. What do we really believe? And who do we have our hope and trust in? And and, and the psalmist is saying, hey, I'll put my hope in the Lord. I'm going to wait for him and in his word. I'll continue. Verse 6. I wait for the Lord more than a watchman wait for the morning. And repeats it. When the Bible repeats, it's making an emphasis how important it is. More than a watchman wait for the morning. See, we read this. And it might not speak to you very much because we don't have that. But let me, just, let me just let you know, I come from a third world country, and I understand that word correctly. Here's, here's the biblical context. See, we have cops nowadays. You and I, we go to bed, and we understand the cops are looking out in the, in the night. And they could be watching. But in the times of the Bible, what they had was a wall in the city. And so there were some guys who were supposed to care that no one came through those gates in the wall at night. And you know what the, what the psalmist is saying? That is the most tense time. There's tension there because you are waiting for that sunlight to shine because you know, number one, somebody's going to come substitute you so you can go to bed. Number two, I can see the enemy coming when there's sunlight. 
And the psalmist is saying, I wait on the Lord like the watchman. This is in my country. There's a lot of companies of private security. See, in America, a lot of private security don't carry arms. But in Latin America, private security or what they call watchmen, those guys, they're allowed to carry. And the, the arm of choice or the weapon of choice is a sawed-off 12-gauge shotgun. So you don't want to steal nothing. You're going to get blown off. Um, and so, because the rules are not the same, right? Um, and so, so, so I understand that because I see it with my eyes. Like this guy's waiting, the tension of the night to wait for the morning. And the psalmist is saying, this is, I'm going to wait on, on Jesus. This is, I'm going to wait on the Lord. So I'm asking you, are you that tense today? Are you that tense saying, Lord, let your light shine on this situation immediately. I am waiting right now for you to manifest yourself. Verse 7 says, Israel, I love it. The psalmist is saying, first I, I, and then it tells Israel, and I'm telling you today, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full of redemption. Love and redemption. Isaiah 17, in the Living Translation said, I wait for the Lord. Once again, they're waiting on a person. I wait for the Lord. Who has turned away from the descendants of Jacob. So, so Isaiah is saying, things are dark right now. It feels like God is no longer with us. Who has turned away from the descendants of Jacob. Here's what he says. I will put my hope in him. I, I, I say, saying, I know things are dark and it feels like God is not with us. I'm still going to hope for God. I'm still going to hope for Jesus. I'm still going to hope for the person. I'm still going to hope in his name. My friends, it's a different perspective. And today, if you're losing hope in this time, I want you to know that hope is a person. Here's something else you got to know is hope is faith. You have to hope in faith. You have to be focused in hoping in faith. And, and, and hope and faith, and when you read the word of God, they, they kind of go together. They're flowing together. It's also in the book of Romans and the most famous ones in the book of Hebrews. And it says that faith, you know, is the evidence of hope. So we're going to see it in a minute. is the substance of things hoped for. So faith kind of creates this process that we're hoping, that we're expecting. There's that expectation and waiting. But when I read the Amplified Version, it was so beautiful the way it explains it. I want us to read it together. Look at this. Hebrews 11.1 in the Amplified says, Now faith is the assurance, we already know that, title, deed, or confirmation of things hope for or divinely guaranteed. So God is putting his stamp of approval on what we are hoping for. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Look at this. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical sense. I'll reread it because it took me a couple times. I'm a little slow. I'm a little slow. So faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. One, one more time, one time. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith says, I can't touch it, I can't see it, I can't hear it, I can't smell it, I can't feel it, but I know it's coming. But I know it's manifesting, but I know it's on its way. My friends, you cannot, if we can psychologically explain this, then we are reducing our God. We cannot psychologically explain this because God is greater than our mere brains to explain who he is. And so faith says that thing is real, 
even though my senses cannot see it or feel it. Because there's a hope, there's an expectation. I heard a story of a man called Eugene Lang. And Eugene Lang is, um, he passed away, I believe, in 2007, I think. I was reading a little bit of the story. And Eugene Lang, um, this is a photo of him. He is a wealthy man, but he is not a born wealthy man. He is an, a man from immigrant uh, descent, Jewish immigrants that came to this country in the 20s. Then through the 30s, through the Great Depression, he was given a way to go to college. He was a very smart man, went to college at the age of 16 because someone else paid for it. Um, he ended up going to Harvard, becoming a businessman, and became multimillionaire. Somebody invited him to speak to a group of students in a high school. I believe the name, all the credit is not there, but the high school is like PS 121 in New York or Harlem. And it's a high school that was mostly uh, black and Latino children. And so they, they were, you know, they don't graduate or they had a low rate of graduation. So they say, hey, would you come and speak to these eighth grader, I believe they were, to inspire them when they go into high school to finish. And it says that Eugene Lang brought this big, you know, I'm going to share this thing. He wrote this uh, beautiful, eloquent speech. And when he got there, it says something touched him. And he put the speech aside and he said, I want you to stay in school and finish high school because if you do, I'll pay for your college. And everybody went crazy. And Eugene telling the story says, I had no idea what I was saying. I hadn't even done the math until I got home. <laughs> so when I started doing the math. I was like, man, I, I got myself into trouble. I want, you to, I want you to understand what hope does. 59 students were there that day. 45 of them graduated high school, 33 of them went on to college. That's just a group of them from that situation. That had never happened. It happened because somebody gave them hope, tangible, something they can continue to be. Even though they couldn't see it, touch or smell it, something happened in them. And we got to hear that from Jesus. That's just another human promising other humans what they'll do. We are being promised by the creator of the universe that he is on our behalf doing something that we cannot do. We got to trust this word. We have got to get a hold of it. And the book of Romans says this way. I love it. And Romans 8, 24 and 25 says, For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? So he's saying, I don't need to hope there's water in here. I know there's water. I don't like the taste of this water, but I know there's water. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I know there's water in here, right? And so it's very important that we know. So I don't need to hope. I don't need to hope. I know that is water, right? Look what it says. Verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I want to tell you something. I don't know what you're hoping for. You may not see it right now. It may not play out. The news may tell you something different when you add up and take out your calculator, your bank account and screams at you words that you don't want to know. But I want you to know if your hope is in Jesus, even if you don't see it, you have to wait patiently and eagerly that something good is going to turn your way. I'm, I'm telling you, I just, I just feel it in my heart. I feel my heart that something good is going to turn our way. And that expectation is important. Now remember, it may not come in your time or my time. God has his time. And that is very crucial for us to have access to what the Lord is doing. And, and this is point number three that I want you to get tonight that's very important. Hope while waiting. Hope while waiting. That, my friends, is the hardest thing to do in our society is wait. 
And we all understand that. We've all been there because we have been accustomed to not wait. Everything has been reduced to not wait. I'm telling you, it happens naturally. It happens without even knowing it. I'll tell you what. Sometimes I'm here at lunch. I bring my lunch sometimes. Sometimes I, for, I don't bring a lunch and, um, when I'm in the office. And I go buy my lunch. If I see more than four cars, I'm not eating there. I am looking for two cars or less to get my meal. Don't care what they serve. I just don't want to wait for four cars to go in front of me. Right, right? Like, like there's nothing that good. Not even Starbucks. People wait in line. I've seen cars 10 deep. I'm thinking, coffee, I love coffee. It ain't that good. It ain't 10 car deep good. Right? Like, I, I am not doing that. I'm just not doing that. Um, and so we're, we're accustomed to just getting what we want at a speedy service. And uh, I mean, come on, we've gotten used to Amazon. Like, half of us do not buy something if it doesn't say prime delivery. Like, that's how fancy we've gotten. Nah, I can't get it tomorrow. I just forget it. <laughs> I've done it. You've done it. Right, right? Like, we're all there. I actually did that recently. I was like, nah, they can't deliver. They have it at Lowe's. I jump in my car, spend my gas, spend an hour in Lowe's to buy the thing just so I couldn't wait. So a guy brings it to me. Right? But, I mean, Lowe's is like the Ross for my wife, so I'm okay. Like... Um, and so a lot of us have gotten just, we can't hope because we can't wait. And waiting has become a virtue that we've lost in our society. But in the times of the Bible, waiting was normal. That was just part of the process. And we have to go back to this. As a matter of fact, the Bible describes waiting a lot of it like a woman in the process of labor, a pregnant woman. There, there was a process to be happening. There's something being built in you. That's really crucial. You have to wait for it to develop in your own life. I heard a story. I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't verified all the fact, but there's a conversation between a dog and an elephant. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the dog goes to the elephant um, and says, hey, I'm pregnant. The elephant's like, I'm pregnant too. Cool. So they're, you know, they're just hanging out. They're just, you know, in Spanish, we'll call them comadres. You know, they're just hanging out together and, you know, they love each other. And so... They're hanging out. And so the, the dog has the babies, has all the puppies, and comes back to um, the elephant. Hey, I, I had my puppies, and they're awesome. I had eight of them, and it's great, right? A few months later, the dog is pregnant again. And so uh, it lives in a weird neighborhood. So the dog is pregnant again. As, uh, and so comes to the elephant and says, hey, I'm pregnant. How about you? Where's your baby? And the elephant was like, no, I'm still pregnant. I'm still developing. And so eventually the dog has two more cycles. And the dog's like, you cannot be pregnant. How long can you be pregnant? And I want you to hear this. Most elephants take about, I believe, either 18 months to two years to develop a full-term baby and have a full-term baby. And the answer of the elephant is, hey, listen, I'm not growing a puppy. I am growing an elephant, and it's just different with me. I want you to know that those who believe in Christ are growing elephants and not puppies. Sometimes it takes time, my friend. It takes time because you're developing something in you that is Christ-directed, that is Jesus anointed, and it's going to take some time. And it's, going to, it's not going to come around every six months. It might take two years. But you got to hope in the waiting. Got to hope while waiting. Romans 15.4 says this. 
for whatever things were written. I love that. Whatever things were written, whatever things are in the word of God before were written for our learning. If you're not used to going to your word and your Bible, I want to invite you to get focused. Say 2021 is the year of the Bible for me. It's the year of returning to the things I put aside because it's saying those things are there for my learning. For my growing, it's one of the things why Pastor Jim founded this word and Pastor Jim just continue. We always teach the word of God. We're hardly ever going to show up here with just some advice of some sort. It's always going to come from the word because Romans 15 says, whatever is written is written for our learning. That we, through the patience and comfort of the scripture, might have hope. That us, through the patience and comfort of the scripture, might have hope. And that is so crucial. Can I, can I just be honest with you? There's sometimes some verses I say to myself and read almost daily that I'm like, Lord, I've been reading this verse for a year now, and I don't see nothing happening. Like, like there's only so much of this. And I have to remind myself, it's an elephant, my friend. Yeah. Something's happening because the word of God is alive. Yeah. It's not happening my time. Amen. But you're building an elephant. Keep saying it. Keep believing it. Keep activating it. Just stay with it. Just stay with it. Because I know how you feel because I felt, I felt the same way at times. I'm like, why do I keep saying this stuff? It's just not happening. So I'm going to move on to another verse that kind of tickles me better. Right? But the word of God is alive. The word of God is alive. Here's something written for us and for our learning. Micah 7, 7, 8 says this. Therefore, I will look to the Lord, the person, to Jesus. I will look to the Lord and I will wait. That wait is also hope, and I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. I love that. My God will hear me. But it doesn't leave it there. Verse 8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Here's what it's saying. Hey, you haters, hold the phone. Because when I fail, I will arise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. The Lord will be a light unto me. I love that. He says, uh-uh, haters, don't be, don't be rejoicing just yet. Because even if I fall, even if I get sick, even if something happens, I'm going to rise. And even if I'm sitting in a dark position in my life, in my emotions, in my finances, the Lord himself is going to shine the light for me to walk through this. It only happens in the waiting. Can you give God a hand for that? Can you give God a praise? Thank you, Lord. I'll end with this. In this Christmas season... I want you to have this confession in your heart. I have that confession I'm taking and I'm offering to you. Romans 15, 13. And maybe we can uh, read it together. But let me read it to you. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we make that declaration together? I know it's a little long. Even from home, those scriptures will be on the screen. Would you read it together? One, two, three. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My friends, this is a season of hope. And you got to have hope in the promise even when it's delayed. Because remember this, hope is about tension. And any good string instrument to create a good music, we're going to put some tension on those strings. And you may be feeling the tension right now, but I want you to know that Jesus is hope. All you have to do is wait patiently, wait in faith, and it'll manifest in your life. It'll manifest in your life. If God spoke to you, would you give God a hand tonight? He's with us.
Pastor Dan has taught us this, and I've been doing it also. Would you close your eyes right where you're at, even from home, right there where you're at on your screen, you're connected. And I want you to ask the Lord this. Lord, where have I given up hope? Just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He is the teacher of the church. He is the one who's for us. Just ask him, Lord, have I given hope in an area, and now I want to retake it. I want you to speak to me tonight. Maybe you gave up for healing. You just said, this thing is not happening for me. Maybe he's speaking to you like, no, 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 not yet. I'm doing something. Maybe it's a relationship in this time of isolation. Maybe you felt lonely. Belief for friends. Belief for healed marriages. Maybe it was in your finances where you said, my grandma was broke, my daddy was broke, and I'm broke. But now you're going to ask the Lord to break that curse, to give you hope that you are his child, that he's doing something different with you and your family. Let him put hope back in you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Father God, every prayer, every thought, you hear. And so tonight, all of us are just lifting our prayers to you and saying, God, return hope back to us. We'll be patient as you form that elephant of a dream in each one of us. May we return to believing even when we don't see it. Let hope be manifested. Jesus, your hope, let it be so unto us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.